Welcome to the Business Mama podcast, where we chat about creating a business that supports and flows with your family and with your life, not the other way around. Hi, I'm your host, Annalise Warren. I'm a marketing agency owner and a mother of three little ones. I'll be bringing you conversations with successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. In this episode of the podcast, I chatted with Laura Litkanu of Unfold Architecture based in Melbourne. As we spoke, I was more and more in awe of this woman. She is intelligent and passionate as well as super thoughtful and really dedicated to innovation and wellness in her craft. So if you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, Laura is the kind of person that you wish was in your circle. And I feel so blessed to get to know her just a little bit. So I hope you love this episode as much as I did and you come away feeling inspired and encouraged and full of ideas for what your business could be. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Hi, it's nice to, to be here and thank you for inviting me to join you. No, you are very welcome. So how, why don't we start by you telling me a little bit about your business? My business is called Unfold Architecture. It is an architectural and interior design practice that focuses on well-being. We do some research into neuroscience and um, discuss with psychologists and try to bring all those conclusions into the residential space mainly. There has been a lot done in the, I guess, office space or communal space, but less has been done in this area, in the residential area. And this is what we're trying to do. I started my business uh, two years ago. I used to work for a building design practice around Bentley area in Melbourne. And uh, at some stage after I became a director there, I've been through all the stresses of uh, running someone else's business, I guess. And I decided to, to follow this path on my own. Yeah. Wow. I haven't heard about that, that side of architecture. I mean, it definitely makes sense as a big practice and something that I had sort of known that is one of the benefits of architecture is, you know, your well-being in, in the place that you're living in. But I hadn't thought of it as being so that perspective. So that's great. It is somehow new, I guess. Um, there have been some uh, works done in the US mainly. Mm-hmm. There is a term that is called neuroarchitecture that emerged there. They are doing even uh, master degrees in that. There has been a book actually launched recently in the UK. It's called Happy by Design mm-hmm. uh, by Ben Channon. And it focuses on a few areas. He defines a few areas that we should analyze and um, address in, um, in our spaces uh, that have been proven to contribute to our well-being and mental health. Wow. It is a fairly new topic, uh, but I believe it um, 
I wish I'd known about this a few years ago. <laughs> we're, um, we're in the process of owner building our own home and we designed it ourselves. We're, I don't know, about a third of the way through the building process. It's taking forever. Um, but I'm interested to read that book that you mentioned and then I can see whether, <laughs> whether I hit the mark or how far I was from <laughs> It's funny how we we have some misconceptions, I guess, about what makes us feel good in a space. Mm. For example, I was discussing with some of my peers about the fact that people, or some of my clients have the impression that if the space is large horizontally, it will make us feel better. But in reality, studies have shown that a higher ceiling enhances the feeling of psychological freedom. It is not necessarily the space horizontally, mm. but actually going up. So yeah. there's a lot of, um, I guess, new ideas. Yeah. There are some old ones about natural light and bringing the outdoors in that are still there, mm -hmm. but using natural materials that make us feel good. Yeah. And yes, we, I guess these are, um, are, there or have been there for a long time yeah okay i can i can give myself one tick we have an open pitch <laughs> okay so let's talk about how you actually started your business when you um when you decided that you wanted to move away from directing somebody else's what steps did you take to starting your business First of all, I had to make the decision to start my own business because I was torn between going and uh, still managing someone else's practice, but maybe somewhere closer to my house where I can uh, be more with my kids mm -hmm. as well and starting my own business. And the trigger point was when my husband asked me, imagine you are 80. If you don't have your own business, do you feel regret? And that's when I said yes. So I was very sure I need to do this. And um, I think deep inside, I always had this feeling that I want and I have something new to contribute to the industry. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I've done is come up with a name for it that represents me and that represents my vision for it that triggers the inspiration to, to build around it. So I spent probably around one month brainstorming on this, and I came up with Unfold Architecture that I believe represents very well my journey and the journey of architecture being unfolded um, in the eyes of the client and I guess the general public that experience the spaces. After that, what I've done is the setting up of my business. I established it as a company. This was always my intention due to the risk factor, I guess. I, I did prefer this formula. After that, I've done all the um, registration of the building, um, of the business name and uh, bookkeeping system. I've then uh, started making up a networking plan where I decided uh, clients I could approach or um, how I can approach new clients, how I would like my website to look like. 
I've made an announcement on social media that I am going to do this um, and something around watch this space so that I can trigger the curiosity and just put the word out there that I am doing it. Then I slide, slowly built up my website with the help of a graphic design company that I used to work with, um, Arctic Mirage, and they've designed my logo, they've done my website. I, um, I started approaching some of my previous clients that together with, uh, with the other director, we agreed that I can approach because when I left, I didn't want to, to start stealing clients. That's not me. And I guess we started slowly from there. We, we did some smaller projects, some interior design projects. Then um, the, the, world, the word spread out there and more people found out about me. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So how long was that process from when you decided you wanted to start your business to when you actually? Probably two months. Okay. So quite quickly. It wasn't, it wasn't a long time, but I've been thinking about it probably for years. Yeah. Okay. I remember when I, when I got employed in my previous practice where I stayed for five years, I remember telling my, my boss that, I will either become a partner or open my own practice. Yeah. So I guess it's always been there as a desire. Mm -hmm. I just uh, took it seriously two months prior to actually starting. And did you work concurrently or did you just quit and then launch? No, I was actually working two jobs. I was a director of two companies. And okay. I, when I resigned from one, I kept the other one part-time. Mm -hmm. to set up my business. I do believe this is a very good step to provide that safety blanket in a way, some mm -hmm. financial stability while you do build up your own practice. I did that um, concurrently for, two, for one year, for the first year of my practice. And once I've seen that it takes my full time and I can build from there, I've decided to leave my other job as well and just focus on mine. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that because then you have that, the pressure's not there and you can still be creative in your business. It's not a source of stress. It can be a source of joy and a, and a great outlet rather than being, oh my gosh, everything is relying on this working and then not enjoying it. So. That's true. And also what I found helpful is still being in contact with my previous colleagues. Mm -hmm. I remember it felt quite lonely when I left a, a work environment where I had a wonderful team mm -hmm. to just being by myself all of a sudden. And um, because I wanted to not stress my husband too much <laughs> talking about work, I actually missed, missed having a team. And that's when I started networking yeah. Yeah. That's definitely great for marketing opportunities and building your business and definitely great for that relational support side. So it sounds like you thought about it really strategically and then, you know, outwork worked it to a successful outcome. So congratulations. Thank you. Look, it's not only my merit, I guess. Um, I was lucky enough to, to have the opportunity to study, 
uh, an advanced diploma in leadership and management here on top of my architectural degree mm-hmm. um, that helped a lot I guess having these um, notions and this strategic background it did help when I decided to start my own business there's a lot of this information online as well for people who, who don't have the opportunity and I believe it is important to, to try to get some understanding, financial as well. The advantage is that you have access to people who specialize in all these areas. And depending on the financial availability at the beginning, you can appoint people straight on and get the best advice from the beginning so that mistakes can be avoided. Yeah, set yourself up. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep. That's okay. the ideal world. But for people who don't have that um, budget to start with, I guess, it's important to see what they can learn by themselves mm. and where they need help. Because at some point we all need help. Yeah. In certain areas. Yeah, because you, you're right. Often we are the everything. We are the product and the CFO and the marketing officer and the, you know, the everything. Um, the great thing is now with our being such a connected world, we have access to VAs who are freelancers that often are more affordable than we might think. So different to even 10 years ago. Let's talk a little bit about how you balance being a mum and a business owner. I use calendar a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I have colours in there. So I have my family um, events. I do the drop-offs and pickups most of the times and I do take my kids to activities and those are my yellow bits and my calendar is full of them. Those are my fixed one, non-negotiable. This is why I have my own business to be able to afford this as well. Mm-hmm. And after that, I juggle my work around the kids' schedule. I do end up working sometimes at night, but that's a decision I'm making consciously. Mm-hmm. And I do work sometimes over the weekend, but it comes at the benefit that I can be with the kids during the week at their activities. And I can spend additional time with my husband and the kids during the weekend as well. The calendar does help a lot. I, it makes me plan in advance. I do plan a week in advance in more detail, I guess. And I make sure that I put events that give me joy in there as well. I realized that this balance is very important for me to be efficient. I started doing tennis Mm -hmm. um, half a year ago. Mm -hmm. So my Friday afternoons, for the clients that don't know, I am at my tennis class. (laughs) So don't call. (laughs) No, that's fine. They they do understand my schedule and uh, they respect that. I've learned by doing this that it's fine to not respond to an email after 10 minutes and it's understandable that it makes me more efficient if I set up or lock in certain hours. When I return phone calls, I give my total attention to my clients and the same goes with emails. So I'm trying to not do those immediately unless I know there's something urgent that requires my attention. Mm. I do use my networks when I need them. 
it is very helpful because I don't have my parents here in Australia. Um, I'm originally from Romania. So me, my two kids and my husband are here by ourselves. We obviously have friends, but we don't have family here. So then I need to rely a lot on my my network. I do have friends from childhood care. I do have friends at school. We do a lot of sleepovers as well. And uh, I do have friends in scouts now since I since I joined as the Jerry Scout leader. They provide a lot of support for me. And I have a lot of friends that I've made through networking as well. So I think it is critical almost to to be able to rely on these and make use of them. Mm. And be okay with asking for help and receiving help. That's right. And funny enough, people actually feel good when you ask for their help. Mm. It actually makes them feel good. I know I've experienced this by myself when someone came to me and asked for help. Obviously, you can't do it every day, but mm. when they ask for help, it means that they trust that you will provide what they need. It shows a great deal of respect, I guess. Yeah. It makes the, the person feel good. So, yes, it is okay to ask for help and obviously say thank you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very wise. Yeah, I'm learning that lesson in the last few months more than ever I think because I'm normally very happy to help but then when someone offers to help I find it a little bit hard to to accept that so it's been a good lesson practice makes it perfect it's okay yeah, yeah. just try it a few times and you'll feel better yeah true true yeah and I, I definitely like the idea too of color coding the calendar so you can see from a glance then your your balance I mean it's right there in front of you so that's that's great I do have my posters behind me as you can see those yeah. are the things the big goals that I have to not forget about mm-hmm. and uh, it helps me prioritize them and it's tactile mm-hmm. so it um, it triggers certain emotions as I do it yeah Yes. It is hard finding that balance, I find, because I'm tactile and so I like writing to-do lists. But then often in a book, it's too, it's not spread out enough. So I, I alternate between Asana and having a board and then this. But I like your whiteboard. I might see how I go. <laughs> I actually have my to-do list written as well. So yeah. funny enough, and I hear more and more about this from different business owners that I talk to. Uh, they use multiple, multiple ways of managing their workload, I guess, and each of them provides them with something. Mm-hmm. Some might be used for, for bigger strategy goals and some might be used for all the details that you don't want to forget. And this is how I use my handwritten list as well for all yeah. the nitty-gritty things. And I do like the satisfaction that crossing them out gives me. <laughs> so funny yesterday I actually wrote something on there that wasn't on there just so I could cross it out <laughs> and like, I've just done this but here we go across <laughs> that's it and there are books about how much satisfaction this gives us even writing down the small bits um, it's actually a method of uh, fighting with anxiety as well writing down I got out of bed 
<laughs> I put the, the dishwasher because in reality we, we forget to acknowledge everything we're doing throughout the day, especially as moms. Mm. I guess we forget that, okay, I put the washing machine this morning and that was an additional effort. Mm. I mean, someone else might not have done it. I've done that before <laughs> prepping the kids for school and I managed to read with them. So Yes, I think it is important that we acknowledge everything we're doing every day. Mm. Very insightful. Um, I yeah. feel very old sometimes. <laughs> you definitely don't look old, Laura. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I learn a lot from other people as well. Yeah, I learn a lot and I enjoy spending time and discussing with people and they definitely have something to teach us every day. So I'm trying to, I guess, share everything uh, I've learned from others as well. Yeah, perfect. No, I appreciate it. I think so often we try to do it all in our own strength when there are people who have been before us and figured it out. So why shouldn't we be able to glean gems from that and make it easier for ourselves? That's, That's it. Yeah. Okay. So what is, sorry, I was about to put words in your mouth. Um, talk to me about the best things that you've found about running your own business. The absolute best thing is having flexibility. I would agree with that. <laughs> and I think a lot of the business owners will have that on the top of their list. Mm-hmm. The other advantage is the real or the perceived fact that there's no limit to the financial gain out of it i guess when you're an employee in certain types of jobs there's there's a cap to it depending on the industry obviously Mm. and on the type of job but when you run your own business you get to be creative about it and the feeling is that the sky's the limit and i guess there's some enthusiasm that comes with that as well the other best thing if I can uh, name three, satisfaction it brings me. Just knowing that it's you who's done it. Mm. It's you who built all this. And looking back and seeing the people that you helped and the people that you interacted with. In my case, actually seeing the buildings that I, that I contributed to, there's just such a deep satisfaction mm. um, that I had total control over. Yeah. And I can own, and I can own it more than I did as an employee. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's challenges that come with this as well. It's not everything. <laughs> it's true. Let, okay, let's talk about those. I guess the biggest one for me was exposing all my strengths and weaknesses. There's no team that can cover for you Mm, yeah you cannot blame anyone else (laughs) you cannot take the credit for someone else's work either it's it's you first of all Mm -hmm. obviously at some point you might build a team but to start with it's you unless you have a partner obviously and um, it brings out all the doubts you have all the personal doubts you have about yourself as a person It can be very confronting. I know my first year was very tough 
from this point of view. And while my husband was reminding me all the time, Laura, you've done this before. You know, you're so successful. The clients appreciated you. The consultants appreciated you. Your, your business partner appreciated you. Why do you doubt yourself now? Mm. I don't know exactly. It's something that happens when, when you start on your own you start to doubt yourself. And I think this was the biggest challenge for me to, to overcome. And again, this is where I will bring the networking because indeed some of the people I met there mm -hmm. supported me and helped me build my confidence back. And um, that has been extremely helpful. Yeah. The other I challenge, sorry. No, yeah, okay. Um, I do really agree with you. It's like there's this big mirror and you just see, you know, with a spotlight on it, That's it. And, and all of a sudden you see exactly where, you know, your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think that is a lot of the time the point where people will step away from it and say, you know, no, this is too hard. I can't do it. So, um, yeah, I really like your point about being surrounding yourself with supportive people. And it sounds like, you know, your husband definitely is, he was one of the, you know, people that encouraged you to, to start it and then to talk you through that. So thanks for explaining how you started to overcome that as well. Yes, I, I have to be very thankful. And my husband has been one of the key people in this. Um, I, always have my, I also have my business coach that I met through networking, Shannon, that's very, very supportive. And I have a group of um, other wonderful, it just happens to be the majority are women, um, but there are a few men in there as well that are extremely, extremely supportive and very kind to me. It sounds like you definitely contribute to them as well. I, I'm trying to be kind and helpful to the people I meet. Mm -hmm. And I think, I do believe in energy and I think that comes back as well. Yeah. Yeah, it worked for me. It did work for me. So, how did you start networking? I um, was invited by a town planner friend of mine, Maggie, to a fresh networking hub. This was my first experience networking um, in an organized group, I would say. Mm -hmm. So, I went to to one of the hubs. And I did like the idea. I thought it would help me because at my first meeting, my hands were shaking <laughs> from the anxiety of meeting new people after I've been by myself for a while. Mm. And just the anxiety of how I'm perceived and if I can uh, portray myself in the right manner, in the correct way, I guess. And I thought this would be an opportunity for me to, to grow on that skill of um, fighting my fears of public speaking and just learning and discovering more about my business as I talk about it. I did find that having to present about my business helped me narrow down everything from my target market to the values of my business Things that maybe other people have from the beginning, I discovered them as I was doing networking. Mm. 
talking about them made me realize certain things or made me think about them more when I was preparing for, for my speeches. Mm. Um, I started meditating more and um, being more introspective, I guess, on, on my business. It did help a lot. And from there, I met other people. I started going on Eventbrite and browsing events. Some of them I find on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of um, groups for, for moms, for women, for people in the property industry. These are the kind of groups that I go to. Yeah. Obviously, there's a big, big variety of events out there and um, trying to find the ones that suit every person mm-hmm. um, is important, I guess, because you can you can get overwhelmed by networking as well. Yeah, and spend time on you know, business activities that aren't actually bringing in any revenue, so... That's it. I was actually discussing with my my business coach that it's very important to monitor how much time and put a target to it, how much time you actually want to spend on projects that bring in the cash Mm. and the other activities that are non-billable. Yeah. So have you found the benefit of networking being mostly personal and sort of... um, professional development for yourself or you've definitely found success in that way through getting contracts i did get contracts that was not the intention that i joined for Mm -hmm. i did join initially one of the hubs for for my personal development but they just came yeah they did come and it was actually more than i expected Um, Having said that, it doesn't happen for everyone. And uh, definitely they they should probably not be looking at getting outcome from it, at least not in the first six to 12 months. It is a long term investment. And I think if you show up at things like that with the intention to tell them all about your business and, you know, sell your services, then you talking about energy sort of repel people. (laughs) That's very right. So if you're there to to connect and listen and learn from other people, well, then, you know, the conversation will swing around eventually to what you do. And if that resonates, well, then fantastic. It's funny. You can actually tell when someone comes to sell. Yeah. There's a certain vibe they, yeah. they give up. They're like and the shark looking. For <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's not. Yeah. Or the vulture going, oh. And then... I think you find then they'll be talking to someone and as soon as they've realized that that person isn't going to buy from them or, you know, isn't their target market, they're looking around at who else to speak to, even though they're still sort of speaking to this person. It's very, um, yeah, no, I think if you definitely go with the intention of relationship building, um, that will get you a lot further. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So I cut you off earlier when you were talking about another challenge so let's go back there yes no that's fine I was speaking too fast I guess Uh, the other one that I was facing and I'm probably still facing at times is that I'm pushing myself too hard I'm trying to perform 100% every day and I am putting targets for myself that are very high Mm. without acknowledging the fact that 
this cannot go on forever or every day because you you reach a burnout mm. so i'm trying to change that now i'm trying to allow myself time to breathe as well and not deliver something asap mm. deliver it in a timely manner but not the second hour if that makes sense yeah not yesterday. <laughs> yeah, not make everything urgent. Yes. And put realistic expectations. Yeah. I was putting things on an urgent priority list because of me, not because of the clients. And this is something that I was doing wrong because you have to think long term. Yeah. And I think the client is fine as long as you set those expectations. That's correct. Uh, yeah, we're learning that as well. Normally I'm going, yes, we can deliver the website. Great, we'll have you a draft here. And then my husband will turn to me and go, ah, uh, no, like it's actually going to take, you know, this amount of time. I'm like, oh, but I just, okay, all right, like let's pace it properly, be realistic, and then if we deliver earlier, great. That's, so. that's great, yes. I'm learning that as I go. I think, I'm when, that. I think when you're passionate about what you do as well you get excited about a new project or a new section of a project and and just want to you know immerse yourself in that but i think you're very right yeah pacing it out and balancing everything will end up with a better result for every area of your life correct my business coach was actually telling me look if you set the expectations too too high at some point you will let the ball drop and what happens then Mm -hmm. Isn't it better to exceed the expectations you set out? And perfectly right. But you're right. It's that's why I find it so helpful to to have that second opinion to bounce back ideas. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be as a business coach. It can be a friend or a business partner. For me, this worked. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe it's it's important to to have someone to talk to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> out of your own mindset yeah we've recently started a program like a, a marketing mastermind program and it is just that but in a group format where you can speak to other mums about where you are at in your business what's gone really well and what's you know what's really sucked that week and then what your goals are ongoing so then you have the same women every fortnight that you meet with and they can give you exactly that information going mm, that seems a bit unrealistic or like or you said you were going to do this and why haven't you so they're having that accountability in whatever format it works for for you is right. i think right. totally necessary that sounds great i think it's very useful to have uh, people that are in a similar situation to you mm. and if you have more pre people brainstorm on on the ideas you put out there it's it's an awesome it's yeah. Location. Yeah, that's what I wanted for myself, and I couldn't find it, so we we started it. But it's it's yeah, yeah. it's great. That's good. That's good. Okay, so just before we wrap up, maybe you can talk about any advice that you would have for other mums that are dreaming of starting their own business. Probably the most important one would be to be very clear on why they're doing this because more often than not, if it is just financial, you might end up being disappointed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come easy and it's not necessarily financially rewarding or 
less stressful than having a job. It definitely is more stressful than being an employee. Mm. It does have its satisfactions, but being clear on your why. Then having um, that person you can count on or that group of people you can count on for ideas, um, support. Support is very important. Networking, having a plan for, for networking. Even before you start your business, you can attend events and you can um, get ideas. Not planning to give 100% every day. <laughs> trying to get up. I'm planning for that balance if possible. Actually planning, locking in time to uh, plan for the next week to relax. To play tennis on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> afternoon uh, clients please don't call me after 5 30. <laughs> um, yes it, it is very important and locking in time to to do research that helps a lot in in improving your business so long term and getting those habits right from the beginning I guess yeah starting uh, to practice meditation and reading affirmations help Mm-hmm. Uh, when trying to find that balance. How do you do that? Well, I've started only doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I received this advice to some people just listen to them with in the morning. Um, a friend of mine was telling this to me that when she wakes up, just when you're in that sub- still sleepy mood, she puts on these affirmations that she listens to. Some of them are recorded by her actually, so her own voice, and it sets up the mind for the day that is about to start. Um, And they help her be focused throughout the day and follow her targets. Mm -hmm. And meditation can be done in all sorts of ways. There are people that go to a group and they meditate together. There are people that just do it in their own home they're online and I think there are phone apps as well on this topic. For me, it's something that I just started. Mm-hmm. It is new and I can tell you more about it in probably half a year when uh, I can get to experience more, but apparently it is very, very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting all these good habits from the beginning, even before you start your own business. Yeah. And I think that starting your morning intentionally I mean, I, I'm sure there's, I think there's been lots of research done on this now to have a, a proper morning routine. And yes, you, you know, you're a mom, it's not going to be exact every morning, but not starting your morning scrolling Instagram or going direct to emails and what other people want from you, but starting your day, determining what you want to achieve that day and, you know, setting your mood for the day, um, I think is a really great idea. Totally right and spot on on taking control over your day rather than exactly what you said, rather than letting other people run your day, taking back control. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I've really enjoyed speaking to you, um, getting to know you a little bit and hearing your insight. That was really, really valuable. We had so many great points that I think people um, can learn from and apply and 
um, consider for their own business. So thank you so much. It's been great being here and talking to you and I enjoyed it a lot and I look forward to listening more of your interviews. And where, if people want to get in touch with you or find you, maybe you can tell us your website or your email or your LinkedIn profile, whatever it is, let them know how to find you. Not a problem. If they Google Unfold Architecture, they will find me. The website is unfoldarch.com.au. But Google is still easier to find. Perfect. So Unfold Architecture. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Laura, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too. So that was it for my conversation with Laura. As you could probably tell, I really loved speaking with her and I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I feel like this conversation could have gone on for hours, but we did have to keep to somewhat of a time limit, but there is always potential for round two. Thank you for listening to the Business Mama podcast. I hope you got some actionable tips that you can implement in your business right away. Please, please, please rate and subscribe and then head on over to mama.digital to continue the conversation and let me know what you thought. Have a really wonderful week. And if you'd like to come and say hi, come to our Facebook group, Business Mamas. See you there.